It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no. But angel hair pasta, Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Huh. Watching Kyle's unboxing videos again? Yeah, he always finds the coolest... No way! A robot dog? Gotta ask where he got it. Or use your Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Just draw a circle around the dog on your screen, and it shows you where to buy it right in the app. Oh, I just learned a new trick. And that for once, I beat Kyle to the next big thing. Circle it, find it. With the new Galaxy S24 Ultra and circle the search with Google. Get yours now at Samsung.com. Internet connection required. Results may vary based on visuals. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Think you can't get better value? Think again. 10% bigger dividends when you bet direct with Tote Plus at tote.co.uk. And remember that that is only with tote.co.uk. The whirlpool will be in full effect for Royal Ascot by this stage. Hopefully we're in plenty of gravy as we preview day four in the company of the godfather that is Rory DeLarge. Hello. Welcome back, sir. It's literally been minutes since we last spoke. Rory may have had some tech issues. Um, this doesn't affect you at all in the real world. For Lucy and I and for poor Rory. Um, yeah, it's just been like, welcome back to Tech Talk on the Final Forum Podcast. Lucy Russell Hughes, who has been an absolute star so far and has crushed it in terms of winners, is back for more on the Final Forum Podcast. Welcome back, Lucy. Hello. Yes, it's good to be back. And um, it's good that you're in top form as we preview day four. We've already talked about the weather and the possible effects that that could have, but let's just go with what we've got. For now, it's good ground. And the market for the Albany Stakes uh, sees Flotus for Simon and Ed Crisford with Frankie DeTori up on board. A daughter of Star Spangled Banner as your 4-1 to one favorite. Prettiest for Aidan O'Brien and Ryan Moore is 5-1. to one. Hello You for Rafe Beckett and Tom Marquand is sixes. And Catch It. Uh, for George Bolly, who really just continues to throw in the the fantastic runners as also um, fantastic performances, including... Uh, you call it Catch It. Catch It. Cachet. Jesus Christ. Cache. I have not had enough coffee today. Lucy Russell Hughes, who wins this race? Oh, um, as you say, George Bowie's got a really strong hand in this race. And but Flotus is heading towards the top of the market, and she was a really smart winner on debut at Goodwood. So I can see exactly why all the money is for her. And she's hails from a really strong yard with uh, Simon Ned Christopher during the training. Frankie Dettori is set to take the ride on her. I just questioned her form um, from that race at Goodwood. Not too many of the horses have come out um, looking like. Well, they haven't, not many of them have produced any wins so far. So there was just a small question mark on arguably what she beat that day, but she did win, she did win really, really well. Um, the filly I like in this race is a George Bowie filly. It's Caché, as you just mentioned. He was... Um, oh, catch it, as some would call her. Jeez. Catch it. So wasn't he a good national hurdle horse? He was. He was a champion hurdle winner. He yeah. um, <laughs> bolted up in the triumph hurdle and then won a champion hurdle. Poor old Catch it. Anyway. Cache, um, she was so professional um, on debut. 
Um, she's she won by a really good margin, and Nicola Curry's set to take the ride again. Uh, I just thought she was really professional on debut, and um, she was very relaxed in the prelims as well. I think she's the sort of filly that will handle all the buzz and all the occasion at Royal Ascot really well. She's um, she's the first. Um, she's well, she's part of the first crop of acclaim who. Um, well, he has his first two-year-old on the track this season, so um, there's a small question mark there. We haven't seen, obviously, too many of his progeny, but so far, what she's shown us, I think, is is really something to take. I think she, well, she's my selection for the race. Um, the old George Bowie filly, Oscula, who obviously won the Woodcut at Epsom, is another really smart filly with a lot of experience under her belt. Um, to beat the boys and to beat the Colts on that day in the Woodcut, I thought she was really smart and and great that Mark Korean gets to keep the ride on her. And yeah, there's a lot of them you can make a case for, but I I will side with Cachet, um, just based on what she's shown us so far. Obviously, Ryan Moore will be riding prettiest for Aidan O'Brien. She's up towards the the head of the market as well. She's she's built like a, a real sprinter when she won on debut. Um, she she looks like she's she's really muscly and she's just she looks like she's got all the speed in the world. Obviously, when she won on debut at Navan, that was five and a half furlongs. I just I thought obviously obviously the traffic Navan's very up and down and she very helter skelter. Um, I just thought a question mark whether the track at Ascot would suit her possibly over the six furlongs in the Albany. That would be my only question mark. Um, there's another one at a bigger price that I thought was quite interesting. Um, Sunstrike, she t- she's going to take her chance in this race. She might be an interesting one to side with each way from another really powerful yard of uh, John and Sadie Gosden. Oshie Murphy set to take the ride, really powerful connections. She was fourth on debut at Wolverhampton, but then she, on her second run this year, she, she won at Kempton and she... She's had a lot of, well, she's come on a lot from her debut run and her win at Kempton, I thought, was was really impressive. Both of her runs, um, she's, she's been quite slowly away, but she has a really big, long stride and she's got some, she's, well, she's had some, she's related to some very good siblings, um, is what I thought as well. So she plenty of winners have come from the family, including listed winners for Simon uh, Crisford, and I just thought her win at, at Kempton was much progressed from what she showed us on debut. So some strike each way, but uh, my selection will be Cachet for George Bowie and Nicola Curry. Okay, so Cachet is the main selection, but Sunstrike at a 14 to 1, maybe 16s if you really shop around right now, daughter of Bobby's kitten. Um, I talked about Prettiest so much that it would be very contradictory not to then go... She's my bet in the race. Um, first order of Alice Springs, first crop from Alice Springs, uh, but also by, crucially, by Dubawi. And um, I just thought she showed an awful lot of professionalism first time out. I know it completely get where Lucy's coming from in terms of the way Navin, how she ran there, that it might make you concerned that Ascot may not suit her. I think, she, I think the fact that she beat horses that had experience and beat them well just suggests that she could be a little bit special. Um, but then again, Rory, we've seen we've been down this road before, including last year, where a lot of Aidan O'Brien juveniles went to Royal Ascot with a lot of talk behind them, but only one came out as a successor, and that was um, 
the mighty battleground, who may very well have won the same James as Palestakes by the time we talked about this race. Who is your idea of the winner of the Albany? Uh, well, you know me and the two-year-old races at Ascot. I don't get. I try not to get too carried away with them. Um, but this is this looks a um, a pretty decent contest, um, and um, there are there are plenty you want to keep on side. Prettiest um, looked a, a good prospect when uh, when she won at Navan. And the bear form probably isn't as good as one or two of these, but you'd expect her to improve um, more than most from first run to second. That'll be my slight concern with the. Um, uh, with uh, with Cachet, I think she looked very professional on debut, um, and that's a good performance. I, I just I'm I'm not sure I would expect a George Bowie um, fully to improve a big chunk from from first to second run, especially when they uh, when they do the job so well first time. Um, but she's still competitive, but with with nominal improvement. Um, and he's also got beautiful sunshine in there. I'd imagine she's not likely to run unless the ground comes up soft. Um, she was a, a winner on uh, Heavy Ride at Sandown last time out. Uh, in a good time for the conditions, but connections also have, or the owners also have, um, Hello You um, for Rafe Beckett. I was very impressed with her at Wolverhampton. Now, obviously, it's a very different track, but I don't think I don't think the track would be much of a, a concern for her. And what I particularly liked about her run um, at Wolverhampton was that I thought there was a lot of depth to that race. And often we're seeing Phillies win first time up, um, and the question is, you know, what are they beating? And that's that's the question with floaters. Who's been the the most um, the most impressive uh, visually of these so far? Um, Flotus looked very good winning at Gubu, despite the fact that she seemed quite green and she was learning about the job um, through the race. Um, you know, you looked at that race and thought, well, this is going to improve a lot from that and could be top class. Uh, the worry with her, of course, is the fact that um, that several horses have come out from that Gubu race and haven't done an awful lot for the form. But I think Flotus is clearly the best of those. But the race that Hello You won at Wolverhampton, I thought that was a race um, in which um, which had thrown up plenty of winners. Thus far, it's only thrown up uh, one in Sunstrike, um, but there have been um, much improved performances from a couple in behind. Um, the likes of um, Global Romance and River Pride have won very well in defeat. Uh, Ranin, um, who was a big outsider that day, has shown improved form in defeat again since. Uh, the, the only one that's come out of the, the Wolverhampton race that's disappointed was uh, Jinan, um, who was just a little... Um, a little keen. I think she just went the wrong way from that um, from that debut performance. But Hello You was enormously impressive uh, in the way she travelled through that race and how she stormed clear, despite the fact that it wasn't um, it wasn't one of those races where they went hell for leather and, and she was coming past um, Phillies who were stopping. Um, I, I thought she just looked very very classy in the way she did. That. Clearly, questions um, as to how she will cope with a track like Ascot, especially if the rain comes, um, but. I'll stick with her on the basis that um, I was particularly impressed with uh, with the ability that she showed in that Wolverhampton debut, and um, that's really all you have to go on in this race. Okay, so hello you for Rory, a wide open race, and we're all going for different horses. Let's see how it settles for the King Edward, King Edward the Seventh stakes. Mouth words have failed me, so clearly I need more coffee. Dear God, uh, so Lamarack is heading the betting, but Al Nakar is closing all the time, and of course beat. Adar last time out, who's come out in fairly frank the form by winning the Derby. Um, Lucy, you can start. Uh, we've got a, a Derby disappointment in here and gear up as well. Title, I think, is a pretty interesting horse too for Roger Varian with David Egan on board, but much more interested in who you like here. 
The horse I like most would be Alan Carr, based on based on that classic trial win. Obviously, as you say, beat Adair, and he was really tough and uh, tenacious. He was a big price that day. I think it was around about twenty five to one. Mm. Um, he's a really big horse, and he's slow slowly away on on debut last season as a two year old. Um, but he's that was yeah he still managed to win, but. And then he was second on uh, his second start as a two-year-old, and that was on um, rain softened ground at Haydock. So that run, I think, can be ignored, really. Um, his win at Sandown, obviously, was um, a good ground in the classic trial. So the good ground at Ascot wouldn't be a problem. And I think, yeah, the day that he won that classic trial, Adea, who was obviously back in second, he was really keen that day, and obviously he's gone on to win the derby since. Um, so Alan Carr, he's well, he's German bred, um, so we're, we're not, we haven't got that much clues on sort of pedigree wise. But um, he's, I think he was really smart at Sandown, and I think he'll be hard to beat. Um, and he was up there in the, up there with all all the pace in in the classic trial as well. So he's not short of any pace. Um, obviously, he'll be stepping up and trip to a mile and a half, but I shouldn't think that'd be a problem. Um, William Haggis tends to be very patient with his horses. Obviously, we saw recently he withdrew Mahaffey from the David Derby, so he's certainly not one to run a horse or rush a horse for any means. So Alanka is my selection. It's a very interesting race. Um, perhaps Sir Lamarack is at the head of the market, but has a few other entries. Obviously, on on the on well, he has a few other entries in the week um, for Aidan O'Brien. So. Um, I thought there was another one quite interesting further down um, in the betting to mention who was uh, Tasman Bay for Sir Mark Todd. So obviously connections, not familiar with Royal Ascot's success, but I don't think that should take um, anything away from the horse's ability. He's had some really good runs this season. He's came up against Hurricane Lane and John Leap on his um, recent uh, recent starts, his last two starts. Um, and then he he was a winner first time out this season. That was on the weather at Newcastle. Um, I just really like his um, his attitude. I think the step up to a mile and a half will really suit him. He's got a really big long stride. He's he um, travels really well in his races. Um, I think he's quite versatile. He can sort of make the running or sit behind. And he, yeah, I just think that form in the book is really good form. And um, he's by Le Havre, who's a stallion who's got plenty of bone about him. And likewise. Um, Tasman Bay's got a lot of bone about him as well and I think he's he's a really interesting one at the prices um, I'm not particularly keen on title um, he's well I just thought his run style he's got quite a high head carriage um, last time he did beat a filly that I really like he beat Seeker Apps at Yarmouth um, but well she's actually got an entry in the Ribblesdale so yeah that yeah, that could be quite an interesting angle. Um, he's he looks quite hard to win with, in my opinion. Title, so I think he's opposable. And as you say, Gear Up has been thrown into some really high grades this season. He's he's obviously ran in the Dante, and then he he ran in in the Derby as well. So he's been thrown into Group One company um, this season already. His first two starts. And he's a typical Mark Johnson horse. Uh, you wouldn't be surprised if he um, bounced out and made all the running in the King Edward um, stakes in this race. Um, but I do really like the credentials of Alan Carr for William Haggis. 
I'm with you. I think Alan Akara is the one who's going to take all the beating. Uh, I do like Salamarak a lot. I'm just slightly concerned, as Rory said earlier in the previous podcast, that he's been off the track for 68 days by the time this race comes along and he did miss a derby trial, as well as the derby itself. So, slight concern. Aidan O'Brien can get his horses fit for Royal Ascot, no problem. But it's just in the back of my mind, and I really like Anikar. I thought... Well, his, his win... Yeah, sorry, I didn't mention much about him, did I? But his his win last time out, which at Leperstown, was much better than his win at Dundalk. Was, oh, yeah. Was, that wasn't very pretty. So <laughs> he's learned he's learnt a lot, hasn't he? He has, to be fair. He's, um, he's a big old Camelot out of a Giants Causeway mare, and I think it's just taken a while for them to get the full handle on him. But um, that being said, Roy Delargy, what about you? Um, I'm I'm largely in agreement here. I think um, I think based on how the Sandown form is working out, um, Alan Kerr should be a, a slightly shorter price than he is. He surely, certainly should be clear favourite. Let's go! He's, he's beaten the um, beaten the Derby winner when on fancies um, on on his return. Um, given his pedigree, he's not guaranteed to stay the extra mile and a half on pet. Oh, sorry, the extra mile, the extra distance uh, on pedigree. Um, but it's a it's a good German family, and more often than not, um, there's uh, there's stamina and abundance there. Um, he's certainly uh, bred to excel on softish ground, so the rain that's due Thursday slash Friday will suit him better than it will suit most. Um, I was slightly disappointed. I thought that, I thought it was very good form, the Sandman Classic Trial, when I saw it first. Um, you know, the, the first three came a long way clear of the favourite Lone Eagle, who had very good form as a two-year-old. Um, Bellocchio was fancied at a biggish price that day and was uh, another four lengths back at fifth. Um, and the likes of, I mean, you know, I thought Schollerman had looked an interesting horse prior to that. Uh, Etonium was a horse that Richard Hannon thought was a was um, classic winner. Uh, a horse who would you know who, who had a chance in classic. Yeah. Um, you know, so looking behind that recovery run, who'd been seconds in the Zetland stake before that, you know what a good race the Zetland is. Um, and I was I was a little bit. <laughs> That's an in joke. Dig at me. Yeah. <laughs> we were disappointed um, when Yabir turned up at um, Chester and ran a stinker on his next start. Although essentially he just looked a bit. Um, he looks a really hard ride, and they've had him. They've, um, because they had a gelded since I'm not sure when he was gelded actually, Yubir, but I thought he looked perfectly genuine at Sandown and then an absolute pig at Chester. And it made me think a little bit about the form. Um, but of course, it's now been, been well fried. Yubir bounced back at his next start to be second to Lone Eagle in the cocked hat stakes at Goodwood. They gelded him um, then, yeah. Um, and you've had wins for for Sir Luke and an Irish legend back in the field since uh, a better run from recovery run last time. It's now looking like the really strong form it did at the time. And, and with that in mind, um, Alan Kerr really should be a shorter price for this. He's a, he's a blindingly obvious one. I think he does go off a shorter price, particularly if the rain comes. Um, I, I sort of expected him to be something like a seven to four shot for this race. So did I. And I'd have been, and I'd, I'd have hummed and hawed about whether I wanted to back him at that kind of price. But at 11 to four, um, it's, it's hard saying past him. And a few of these won't run. Um, Dancing Kings already declared. Words worth um, out. Earlier in the week, um, you've been talking about um, uh, who else there? Uh, titles engaged in the um, in the three year old handicap the previous day. True. Um, so he may he may go for that. Um, yeah. So it's a tricky one. I will I will also agree with Lucy about Tasman Bay. I don't think this is his race, to be honest. But I like him a lot. I think he's a horse with with um, untapped potential. 
um, mm. down the line. He's a horse who should stay a mile and a half, uh, maybe even further. He might even be a ledger horse, mm. um, Tasman Bay. But yeah, I like the way he went about it. I was more impressed with him than John Leeper at Newmarket, to be perfectly honest. That wasn't a popular opinion at the time. Um, but I thought, you know, he's, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't think that was a, a tremendously good race, but I thought both the front two were better, a fair bit better than the others in the race. Um, and um, Tasman Bay, I thought, uh, in, a, in an even more strongly run race, would have um, produced a better performance. So hopefully, um, with something else able to cut out the running for him, he can step forward again. But as I said, may, maybe this isn't his race, but um, there will be more to come from him. And of course, he's, he's proven um, with plenty of dig in the ground as well. So if there was rain, um, that would bring his, his the stamina that I think is there. Obviously, he's unproven beyond 10 furlongs, but he looks like he will stay further. Um, and Sam, he's got a big, powerful stride. Um, and I think the further he goes, the better he gets. So he's one to, to bear in mind. 33s Obviously. into 20s he is. But essentially, the three of us are all agreeing on Alan Kerr, which I absolutely love. Um, right. Royal Ascot winner last year in Campanelle comes back for Wesley Ward. Frank Gittori was on board last year. He's on board again. And uh, no surprises that she heads the betting for the Commonwealth Cup. But the horse that I'll just say straight out that I'm very interested in, based on how bullish Oshin Murphy was, is Dragon Symbol. So go from there. Lucy, what do you think of the Commonwealth? You can see why Oshin Murphy is very bullish about Dragon Symbol. He's just really burst onto the scene, especially this season, obviously finishing second in the Sandy Lane Stakes. And that was such a close race between him and Rohan. Um, he's done nothing wrong this season. He's just improved, improved. And he's gone from sort of class five novice company to... Um, finishing second in the, in the group two Sandy Lane. So very, very progressive and sort of very expected of an Archie, Watch and Archie Watson sprinter. I think Campanelli obviously heads the market. We haven't seen her since her run at Keeneland last, at the end of last season. That was over a mile and that was her last run as a two-year-old. Um, obviously, Wesley Ward would have her ready for this race. Absolutely no doubt about that. Just we haven't seen her. I, I'm going to side with something that I have seen. I um, a couple of the Clive Cox's runners are of interest. Supremacy is going to have to bounce back from his run at Ascot already this season when he took part. Well, he's favourite actually for the Pavilion States Group Three over course and distance. He's going to have to bounce back because he he looked very laboured that day. Finished last. Um, Dil Diligent Harry is. The other horse, Clive Cox, is running and he is my selection. People might think I'm mad, but I think Clive Cox has spoken so highly of this horse and he thinks he's could be a next um, sort of star in his stable. And I think to pitch him in at this level, group one level, after only running only all weather, I think is a very, very, oh, it's a very brave shout in all honesty, but he is, he's a horse who's got so much potential. He's, um, well, he won last time out at, at Lingfield on the all-weather. That was in April. So he hasn't had too much racing up until, well, he'll, he'll be going to it fairly fresh, having not run since the beginning of April. Um, he had to be tough that day. Adam Kirby did have to get quite hard on him to win that race. Um, but I think he's got so much untapped potential um, very unexposed. He's just very and a very exciting horse. And 
he's spoken very highly of him at home, Clive. He's, he just likes everything about this horse. He's very powerful as well. Um, so diligent having my selection, but I, yeah, it's an interesting race. Um, Campanelli, she deserves to be favourite, but I won't side with her because I haven't seen her. Dragon symbol for Archie Watch and Oshie Murphy um, has done nothing wrong, but he's had a lot of racing. Supremacy is going to have to bounce back. I just really like Diligent Harry and his credentials. I think he could be the next star to be unearthed from the Clive Cox stable, in my opinion. And Clive Cox, of course, won this race last year. 11 to 1 is the current price about Diligent Harry. Um, again, it would be remiss of me not to mention the horse that we've talked about numerous times. And the miling angle has been completely abandoned. Out and out mm-hmm. sprinter. They're just going to go sprinting from now on. Yes, she ran well over a mile last year in the Breeders' Cup, but sprinting all the way from Miss Amulet, who is currently 25s. Which might be a bit too big. And um, this might be a, a dutching race. I think I might have to back her at 25s. But Rory Delargy, the uh, Commonwealth Cup is going to go to... Suiza. <sighs> Come I, think in. A, I think she's the best horse in the race, but oh. we've... We're slightly blindsided by the fact that she's um, she's coming from France, which is unbeaten in four starts for a very good stable. We've been laying her out for this race. Her, her owner likes um, nothing more than a, a nice group one winner at, uh, at Ascot, um, George Strawbridge. Um, and uh, Suisa, she's won the right races for that this in France this season, the, the pre-Sigi and the, the pre-Texanita. I remember this time last year um, being very keen on Wooded in this race. He'd come the same sort of route. Um, and he ended up missing the the, the meeting entirely and um, um, peeing on my chips, unfortunately. But anyway, he went on and, and won the uh, the Abaya at the end of the season. Uh, I don't think this is a great race. Uh, I think there are a lot of horses who look like they might be very good, who I'm not sure are quite going to make it. Uh, Campanella has not had her her prep run as um, as expected. She of course was was brilliant very early on. Um, and she was, I mean, I, yes, yeah, so the, the mile of the, um, the British Cup Juvenile Police Turf, probably, um, probably too far for her, but um, two-year-olds often get away with, with the, the turning um, mile at the end of the season. Um, I, I'd have given her a chance if she'd had her, um, her prep, but coming here um, straight after um, uh, the Keeneland run is a little bit off-putting to me. I loved Supremacy last year. Um, I was all over him. Um, when he won the Richmond Stakes at, at Good because I, I love the way he won his uh, his maiden at Windsor, but he hasn't really, um, I wouldn't say he hasn't really gone on from that. He obviously um, uh, finished his two-year-old season in, in tremendous style in the middle part, but his run in the pavilion was bitterly disappointing given that um, there was no suggestion that he needed that run. He was sent off odds on, um, and he just, he just looked like he hadn't trained on, to be perfectly honest which is a pity, but there you go. But interestingly, Adam Kirby sticks by him rather than he could have switched to Diligent Harry, um, but he stays with Supremacy. You can read into that what you will. Um, off the others, I mean, there are, there are plenty of theoretical chances, but again, Miss Amulet was disappointing first time out um, in the Irish uh, Thousand Guineas. That was a tough start for her um, on her seasonal reappearance. She might come on from a fair degree. Especially she does need to if she's... If she, you know, if she'd finished, um, you know, mid-div that day, I'd have given her a reasonable chance. It just didn't show enough for me. Although, uh, what you can say is that um, I think it was accepted fairly quickly in the race that she wasn't going to be competitive, so she didn't have a punishing race, and and that could pay off. Uh, she has popped up at a decent price uh, when she won the Lyther 
um, at York. She was 15 to 2, and you could have backed her at um, a bigger price than that. Oh, we remember, Rory. We remember. We do indeed, yes. Um, so I don't want to be I don't want to be slagging her off. But I think in terms of um, you, you, you've got to judge three-year-olds by the form they're showing this season. You can't you can't be digging back to two-year-old form um, when um, you know when you need these horses to have trained on. You've got to mm-hmm. judge them by what they're doing at the moment. And I think that uh, Suiza has she's improved with every run. Um, she won with plenty in hand um, when uh, when winning a Group Three uh, last time out the Texanita, and um, she, you know her yard is is in flying form. The, the filly she beat into second that day came out and, and won her next start as well. Um, just, I just think that's the best form in the race this season. Um, you can go back and, and look at last year's form and say there are better horses in this race, but I'd rather judge them in recent form. And in recent form, Swayze comes out ahead of uh, Dragon Symbol, who I do respect. You know, I thought he ran, I thought he ran very well at Haydock, um, where heavy ground might not have suited him, because he looked he looked very good at Hamilton in his previous start. It wasn't much of a race he won at Hamilton, but he was um, he was visually impressive, and the uh, um, the time figure for the race was quite good. I thought he struggled a little bit on the ground at Haydock, but showed a really good attitude, uh, and only went down by a nose in the end. Whether he was badly drawn out wide on the track or whether the draw actually benefited him, I'm not sure. Um, the front, the first two were were the widest two in the race at Haydock, so it may well be that they got a slight. Um, uh, they got a slight bump from that. Um, but yeah, he, he did look a really good sprinter. I wonder whether he might end up being a five furlong horse. I know a lot of his form has come over six, but he was very impressive drop back and trip at Hamilton. Yeah. And although he kept on well at Haydock, I you see I strike excuse me, he strikes me long term as a kind of horse who will be um who will develop more speed, who will be really well suited by dropping back to five furlongs. But we'll see what happens with him. I do respect his chance. Um, but I like Swayze slightly better. Okay, and as you've been talking, the market has changed. Uh, Swayze has, with the majority of sports books, flipped with Campanelle or joined her as the either joint favorite or outright favorite for the race, which is fascinating how the market is changing so quickly. So Swayze for Rory. Um, I'll probably side with Miss Amulet. And um, Lucy, you're going to weigh in with... Diligent Harry, um, you're very unexposed, but I think he has a lot of untapped potential. As Roy said, for a group one, we are kind of struggling a little on sort of superstars, but I do think Diligent Harry could be that next sort of horse. And Clive Cox has spoke about him in that sort of calibre. So I think I'm going to take a plunge on him. Hector Crouch is a, is a nice, quiet rider, as opposed to Adam, who... Well, he's very strong, Adam. He's he is fantastic. Take nothing away from him. Um, I think Dylan and Harry could be quite overlooked, in my opinion. Okay, an eleven to one currently, but how long will that last for? Uh, a couple of fillies. So, got a big mention there. The feature race of today, of course, is all about the fillies, the Coronation Stakes, which we'll talk about next. But first of all, Toe Plus is going to be huge this week because we've mentioned the Whirlpool many times. Uh, this is very jurisdictions from around the world, including Hong Kong, Australia, America, France, all of these betters betting directly into the tote pool, but you're better informed. So if you're betting with tote and you're betting directly with tote, not only do you get the tote SP guarantee, so if for some reason, and I think with the Whirlpool, they'll definitely be beating SP, but if for some reason they don't, you'll still get the SP guarantee and 10% 
on top of your winnings. So whoever you're backing, whether it's a win bet, place bet, exacta, place pots, quad pots, scoop six, whatever bet you do, 10% on top of your winnings. That's too big to say no to. That's too big to say no to. But you can only get it. Not by just betting with Tote, any old place. Directly with Tote. Tote.co.uk, Tote.ie, and the official Tote app, which is available as a free download for your smartphone. And don't forget that the deadline for the Tote 10 to follow closes Tuesday midday for Royal Ascot. Some you can play for free. It's five euro and fifty cent in Ireland, uh, five pounds in the United Kingdom to enter. You can enter as many stables as you want. Uh, one entry per person for the free game, and there's some fantastic prizes up for grabs. So, and a hundred percent of the pool going right back into the prize money, and it takes a lot to run that. So that's very generous of Tote. So tote.co.uk to take full advantage of the gravy that will be on offer, particularly with Whirlpool uh, this week at Royal Ascot. It's been a revelation. It's been a game changer, but you have to take advantage of it this week. 10% on top of your winnings. Take it. Giving you money. Just go take it. Tote.co.uk, tote.e, and uh, the official Tote app. Feature races, the Coronation Stakes, Mother Earth, the 1,000 Guineas winner, and second in the French 1,000 Guineas, heads the betting just, just from Primo Bacchio for Ed Walker. Uh, pretty gorgeous is in there as well. Um, there's, there was money for Empress Josephine. However, and this is up for debate, whether or not she's going to actually line up. It appears as though they've decided, because at the time when we, when we interviewed Aiden, he wasn't 100% on this, but it looks as though they were going to send both. He was definitely pointing us in the direction of Mother Earth. I will say that. But it now looks as though Empress Josephine may not line up here. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, let's get your thoughts. Lucy, Russell, Hughes, who takes the coronation? It's it's quite a good contest in terms of we've got a lot of fillies um, coming here with some good form. I really like um, Pretty Gorgeous. I really hope she can get back to winning ways for uh, Joseph O'Brien if she takes her chance. Um, she was she was beaten in the on her seasonal return this season in the Irish 1000 Guineas. Um, she was sort of stuck out on the outside in that race and she um, came with a, a late run but just wasn't good enough on the day. She's I'm hoping if she takes her chance in in the Coronation State, she's going to have a, a better draw and she'll be suited to the round course at Ascot. I do like her credentials. She was the winner of the Bet365 uh, mile at Newmarket last season, which was a Group 1 race. She's a really nice big filly. Like I said, I don't think uh, her run last last time out was, was too diminishing. I think she was stuck out on the outside and perhaps if she's close to the red or or in amongst a, a bit more of a pocket of a horse she's going to give a bit more of a better running and you'd think she'd come on for that run last time out so I'll side with Pretty Gorgeous to get back to winning ways as she said as you say Empress Josephine doesn't appear to be in the market anymore for this race so mm. perhaps they're going to wait for she's not even entered in anything else at Royal Ascot so it uh, doesn't look as though she'll be she'll be lining up this week um, but Mother Earth has done nothing wrong, obviously, 1,000 guineas winner and then second in the 1,000 guineas in France. Um, I will... Uh, she's just a bit short for me, in in my opinion. She's she's done she's done nothing wrong, um, but she's just a bit short for me to be to be taking her on. 
Um, and then we've got Alcohol Free, who I just wish they would, in my opinion, she should be running the race before, should be running the Commonwealth Cup. Um, oh, wow. I just, yeah, I, I think she's running the wrong race, in my opinion. But um, obviously, she ran the 1,000 guineas last time out, and she was fifth. But I don't think she won the Chiefly Park last season, the two-year-old. There was a lot of, lot of speed there. Um, and won the Fred Darling, but she she didn't win it. I don't think she won it sort of staying on. She she won it by more or less clinging on, in my opinion. I think she should be running uh, in the Commonwealth Cup in the race before. I think there's a lot of fillies in, in this race at a mile that are far better suited to that trip. Um, but she's obviously got some very good form in the book as well. So take nothing away from alcohol-free. Um, the Ed Walker filly, um, uh, Primo Bazio, obviously second behind Mother Earth in the market. Uh, she was fourth in the Fred Darling and uh, she was quite keen that day, um, but she won last time out at York and she showed a, a lot of, uh, well, she showed a lot of speed that day and a really good turn of foot. So I can see why people have um, been, well, there's a lot of money come for her. I can see why, because she's she was um, pretty much last to first in that race at York. So, and she showed a really good turn of foot to uh, land that li listed contest. So she has some really good form in the book. I think um, Snow Lantern has obviously been talked about by a lot of people mm. based on her based on her breeding. She hasn't really shown us too much. Um, obviously, everybody got excited about her when she when she won um, second time out at Newbury, but then she was a bit disappointing at York, and that was actually behind. Um, Primo Bazio, she just didn't look to have any sort of turn of foot as much as the winner. So I think she's opposable. And I think that um, the other filly, if Sir Michael Stout runs um, Potter, Potter Pover, I think she's opposable as well. She she won she won at Redcar, but um, it's not really, in my opinion, not really. It's quite a big jump to to win a novice at Redcar. Um, to be uh, she she won she won by a, a long way that day, but she was one to five favourites. So I think she's opposable. Take that, um, Red so Car. Take that. We're um, sponsoring a show next week. Do you want to listen? <laughs> no, they're not. Don't worry. Uh, I'll see you're pretty uh, gorgeous at sevens, and raise you shale at twenties. Hudonica has uh, reluctantly skipped Newmarket with after her disappointment in the Irish One Thousand Guineas trial, which I actually thought she ran pretty well in. All, all things considered and their form ties in pretty strongly and um, that 20s is starting to close it's starting to go it's only available with a few firms now it is available you can get it and you can get on to reasonable sums but a lot of firms have cut her to 12s and 14s so um, it'll be shale for me uh, but I do think Mother Earth will take the world of beating uh, Roy Delarkey your assessment of the race yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not against Mother Earth at all. She's she's um she's a very. I think she's probably overpriced at the at the top um, price based on what she's achieved. Um, we tend to underrate the French form a little bit, don't we? It's almost like it didn't happen. Um, whereas I think her um her win in the uh, in the Pouliche is probably every bit as good as her um uh, her Guineas win. And you know, again, reminded you that she's um, she's perfectly happy on soft ground. Um. Yeah, she's she's a, a solid one. I, I don't want to be against her. Um, I, I just wanted to throw another one into the mix as a, as um, a little bit of a dark one. November won the German Guineas 
uh, last time out and she won it um, very easily, showing massively improved form. Now, it may, it may well be that's a little bit of a fluke, um, although um, a wise man said there's no such thing as a fluke. Um, she did get, she got to the front fairly easily there in the, in the German guineas, um, but she galloped on uh, relentlessly and came home seven and a half less clear. So she, she's, um, she's got a fairly easy lead, but then she's, she's turned the screw and um, just went further and further away um, from her rivals that day, including a couple of shown, um, uh, shown a black type form before that. The German, the German guineas is not as good as the French guineas, not as good as the, uh, the Irish or uh, um, or English guineas, but uh, to win um, in a race like that by by a margin of seven and a half lengths um, without um, without a rider going for absolutely everything, I thought was quite impressive. That was on, on good or soft ground. She's by Glenn Eagles, who who does better despite the fact that he wasn't exactly a mudlark himself. His uh, his progeny do better on soft ground than they do on top of the ground. Um, so I'd, I would I'd only want to back her if, uh, if it rained fairly heavily. Because uh, I think the rain would count against a few in the race, um, and I don't, I, and I, I wouldn't be back in a reach way either. I'd be having a, a small stake win only bet uh, on the basis that she might be completely ignored in the betting. Um, people who are not familiar with with German form are just assuming that it's um, a bit of a bull from the blue, which it may well be. But um, there is also the possibility that she was every bit as good as she looked there. I like it, Rory. Fourteens, but generally elevens, is the current price about the. German 1000 guineas winner and the trainer is very selective with the horses he sends over to the UK only three yeah that's the thing with German German trainers um, all of them tend not to send horses over for for group races unless they've got a decent chance I think if you back German runners blind uh, in the UK over the years you'd be you'd be well on top yep just the three that he has sent over so far Uh, this then brings us to Rory DeLarge's speciality a big field handicap so the Sandringham stakes over a mile. It's 12 to 1 the field. Rory DeLarge solved this puzzle. Well, you say that. You say that maybe I go, again, you keep coming to, the, to me for, oh, you love your handicaps. I love knowing where horses are drawn in handicaps <laughs> and what the ground is and who's riding them. <laughs> so here's a random handicap where we have to guess who the runners are and whether it's firm or heavy. Uh, I, I, don't, I do not in any way like this. I'm afraid to say. Um, the last two results have given you an indication of, of um, why it's difficult. You'd have been you'd have been struggling to pick out the last two winners as runners in this race a week before the the race Fact. Uh, was run. Both trained by by Charlie Fellows. You can't even get involved in that just by Charlie Fellows in the Sandringham. He doesn't have a runner this year, so um, uh, there's not a hell of a lot um, to go on. And again, we're, you, we are guessing as to what the the uh, the ground is going to be. Um, you don't. You do want to be with some uh, with something that that stays, um, and um, in that in that respect, um, uh, you you've got to get a picture of the race in your head and see um, find something that you think can um, uh, will settle and see it out, um, and something that can handle um, plenty of cut in the ground, which I think there's a fair chance as we get on um, that this rain will uh, will materialise at some stage. Great belief is quite interesting for, for Johnny Mercer, uh, a winner of the Cura on soft ground last time out. Um, Ten pounds higher for that, but um, uh, you, you don't get you don't get uncompetitive Cura handicaps um, at the back end of May. So she's quite interesting, um, and there are there are others in here who should um, uh, who should go forward and what they've done. I'm trying to think what the other one that I vaguely put on a 
um, on a short list. I could, uh, you're taking a bit of a punt here, but Pomelo is quite interesting of a mark of 89. Now, it's slightly dis- you can argue it's disappointing we haven't seen her so far this season. Um, but um, she was uh, made a short-priced favourite um, to win the Prestige Stakes in her second start. Isabella Giles ended up winning that race. But the tank- they got the tactics horribly wrong that day. I don't think she would have been good enough to win whatever panned out. But the going turned soft, and, and Harry Bentley, who rode her, came across the far side rail. But he, he spent so long coming over that the race was finished by the time he got to the rail. Um, whereas Isabella Jazz, she came across as well, but she came across the halfway. She came across the where the, you know, the point where the ground was better than sticking on the far rail without wasting half an hour um, going straight across the course to get to the uh, to get the stand side rail. There is there's often an advantage at Goodwood um, to to coming to the middle of the track uh, or middle slash near side, um, but um, uh, you can take it too far, and Pomelo took it too far in that race. She then um, was off for um, for a couple of months. I think she she they weren't very happy with her after that race, but she won um, a novice at Wolverhampton in her final start. Uh, Eighty nine could you know could underestimate her uh, based on on how how highly she was regarded last year. Um, she was certainly impressive on her debut um, at uh, Newbury, which won by five lengths. Uh, and she's beautifully bred for this. So, as I said, there's two ways of reading this. She was a filly who looked to have classic um, potential last year. And here she is making her reappearance, um, you know, in the middle of June, suggesting that everything hasn't gone to plan. But it's possible that Rafe Beckett simply made the decision she's not going to win a group one early in the season. Um, she might need a little bit of time. She's got a bit of size about her. Um, but her handicap mark is workable. So let's go for the Sandringham to start with and then step her up in class after that. Um, she's number 21 on the list. She's guaranteed to get in. Um, and for a filly who was, you know, who was an odds-on shot for a, for a group race last season um, and got back on track last time, she might just be the forgotten horse in the race. I have two. And uh, one is for the jockey who's won this race for the last two years, Haley Turner, professional widow. I really want to play Tori Amos right now, uh, 25s. And the other is a horse who has been running in group company and was sent off an even money favourite at Royal Ascot last year behind Campanelle and now drops to handicap company for the first time. And that's more beautiful. If she took her chance. Now, you need to forgive her a lot, but she's beautifully bred. And it's possible that she can just come come about. Um but I favour a professional widow. Lucy, for you. I really like um, a horse called Far Hope who's quite unexposed, but her run last time out at Brighton, she did everything wrong and she still managed to win. She was so keen. She just looked really, well, she was on the outside um, coming down the straight at Brighton. Very keen, um, very high head carriage, but the way she quickened at the end, um, she overcame all of that trouble. And um, I think Marco Gianni did a really good job that day. If he's set to take the ride again, I think he'll do another really good job. And he's set to take three pounds off her back. So she comes in um, on an absolute featherweight. Um, she's really nicely bred. Her Her mum was a, a winner at Ascot, not Royal Ascot, but she actually won um, on the mile course at Ascot. She comes from a really powerful stable, Simon Leg Crisford. As I say, Marco Gianni knows her fairly well. I think she had overcome a lot of problems on her, her last win at Brighton. I think she's a filly to side with. And 
it's it's it is a minefield, as you say. Hayley Turner's got a really good record in the race, and um, she has another good ride this year as well. Um, not much else I can make a case for. Um, Belief is is the favourite, um, and she won last time out at first. Um, I just put in my notes that she was very pacey that day, and she looked like she was hanging somewhat, um, even though she did win. Um, to me, she she didn't really strike me as to to give that much that she's going to go on from that from that race. Um, it was obviously a class five novice, so she will have to improve a lot, and she's favourite. So um, from the William Haggis stable, um, but as you say, I do like create belief as well. I think the way she won last time out of the cover in in soft ground as well, she was quite bogged down that day, and she she showed a lot of um uh she was well, she was really tough and she yeah I think for connection she could be a really good good shout as well for Johnny Murtis stable um but I will side with Far Hope I think if um the Mitch Allen horse as well Ilicato takes her chance she she would be interesting based on her win last time out at Goodwood although it was on quick ground so well good to firm ground and if we have some rain on Friday that could change so she showed she showed a lot of ability that day when she won the Conqueror, the listed race at Goodwood. So she's interesting, but I do really like Far Hope. I think she's got a really light weight and she's got a lot of untapped potential from a, a very powerful yard. And she is widely available at 14 to 1 as we record on Monday. This brings us to the 535, the Duke of Edinburgh Stakes. Uh, again, a wide open betting heat headed by. Uh, for Simon and Ed Crisford again with James Doyle on board, 8-1. Uh, Quickthorn is an 8-1 joint favourite. And then Tritonic with uh, Ryan Moore on board uh, for Alan King over the mile four is your 12-1 to one third, second favourite as things stand. Um, Lucy, who do you like? Ardy is, I think that's how you pronounce it, Emmett Ardy, is a um, very smart horse at the top of the market. He was a good winner at Newmarket and he pulled well clear of his rivals that day. So I can see why he's coming for favouritism in this race. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that was a mile and a half, so no problems um, in that respect. Quickthorn is a really likeable horse from the Huey Morrison stable. I really like how he won first time out this season at Haydock in, in rain, softened ground. Again, the ground at Haydock is always soft. So I think for him to win first time out, um, in that race and it's class three as well it wasn't any any sort of um well it was a good race in behind him and there's some good horses that haven't we haven't actually seen too many of them run since so um we can't question whether the form was any good because i think only one of them the runners that day has run since um so quick thought has a lot a lot going for him especially if oc murphy rides as well um i think he's he's a really smart horse i think Tritonic has a big ask coming from, well, he's he's been running in over hurdles and he was obviously a, the winner of the Adonis um, last season, well, in the National Hunt season at Kempton. So he he has a lot, he has a lot to do in my opinion, but Alan King is no stranger to Royal Ascot winners. Obviously he enjoyed a Royal Ascot winner last year, but I think he hasn't won, well, he, he hasn't won the flat for a long time, Tritonic. So I think it's probably bit too much of a bigger ask for him um I, I probably will side with Quickthorn based on what he's shown us so far he, he looked very straightforward when he when he won 
first time out this season and trained by Huey Morrison and Hugh Morrison's trained uh, horses from this this family before, so it's a pedigree that he knows well. Oshin Murphy is, is a real positive as well. Um, I think uh, Grand Bazaar is interesting if Frankie Dottori takes the ride for John Gosden, um, although I don't think he's going to be much of a danger. I think he was, he was beaten first time out this season by uh, Mark Johnson horse, um, Zabio champion. Uh, I don't think Grand Grand Bazaar's going to have. Um, well, he's going to have to reverse that form with with uh, Zabiel Champion. So I I think he's opposable. Um, so yeah, I will side with Quicksorn based on what he's shown us so far. I like it. Um, I think he needs a lot of help to get in, but I do like Macram a lot. But he's currently thirty four and. They're saying there's going to be a max of 19. Uh, and the other is Valerian Steel. It's to, to me, they're both double-figure prices. Rory, for you? Uh, I, I do quite like um, uh, the, uh, the Huey Morrison trained Quickthorn. I think he's, uh, he's the obvious horse in the race. Again, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd want to wait the draw on this. And uh, again, um, concentrate on horses drawn high, uh, looking for a little bit of value. Um, and again, get an idea how they're, how they're liable to be ridden through the race. Quickthorn is a, is a fair starting point there. I thought Tritonic would run well as long as he get a, gets a reasonable draw. Um, he's been uh, placed in, in, um, in good flat handicaps of similar marks um, last season. Bear in mind, he was beaten half a length um, at this meeting last year off a mark of 95 um, on soft ground. Um, over a mile and a quarter, he stays, he's shown that he stays further. He's also placed in the old Rooley Cup. Uh, which is a very competitive handicap in new market towards the end of the season. So, and obviously that you know defeat by Highland Chief, who was um, you know tried in uh, uh, top group company after that is a solid performance. And he was you know two and a half lengths clear of the others in that race. So, given that he's proven in Ascot, proven on on the uh, grind that we're liable to have, um, I know he was. I wouldn't hold too much hold against him that he was a bit disappointing in the triumph. Um, Cheltenham just not seeming to to. Uh, bring the best out in him. Maybe he's best going right-handed. Um, you know, a lot of his a lot of his best form has come uh, that way around. Uh, and the race he ran in at Chelmsford last time, uh, dropping back to a mile and a quarter, small field, um, tactical race, didn't really suit him. Um, he raced a little bit too freely. He's only beaten two lengths in the end. That would have just helped to um, get him back in the um, uh, in the swing of things on the flat. And I think he's um, while he's he, he doesn't have any secrets from the handicapper. Um, his mark is fair. And I can see him hitting the frame. Uh, I'd be a wee bit disappointed, not a wee bit disappointed, a wee bit surprised if he could win. But they've got Ryan Moore booked for him. Um, and as long as Ryan doesn't doesn't um, pair off to the rail um, early on, then I think Tritonic has got, um, has got a respectable place chance at least. Interesting. And particularly with that 10% bump from Till Plus on the place market. Uh, the final race, we'll briefly discuss this one then. So this is 10 past six. Again, Ollie and the ITV team. How are you doing it? How are you living? How are you still alive? Just let them have naps between races. Um, fair play, particularly in the sweltering heat. Get it for Clive Cox for me. I'll just get in there straight away. Second run after a wind up. Very impressive win last time, I thought. Uh, although it was long odds on. Um, five furlongs. We had Art Power win this race in its inaugural edition last year. Lucy, who wins it this year? I really like Potmaster for this um this race, I think he's got a lot of experience, especially as a two-year-old. 
Um, he's coming from powerful yard, Ed Walker and Tom Marquand, if he sets rides. Very powerful connections. He's He was third behind Rohan first time out this season. I think that was a really good run. We know what Rohan's done since. And then his last two runs, he's come second on both occasions, both over six furlongs. And he's been gelded since, so that's a positive as well. I really like Potmaster. I think he's, as I say, very experienced, gelded. And he's got a lot going for him as well. Um, he won his first two starts as a two-year-old in big fields as well, so he's no stranger to big field sort of races. Um, the favourite, or looking like the favourite, equality for Charlie Hills. I just thought his win last time out in a very small field, he sort of had it more or less his own way. Um, and he's not really going to get that sort of running in, in this type of race. It's going to be very fast and furious as well. Um, and I do always like horses dropping back in trip as well. So Pop Master, obviously, has been running over six furlongs. I think he's been gelded and dropping back to five. I think I think that's a really interesting play. And at the prices, he, he's one that I will side with. Um, get it, as you say, he's very interesting for Clive Cox. And he is no stranger to um, good winners. And he was pitched in at the Windsor Castle last season as a two-year-old. So... Mm. Um, has some course experience at Ascot. Then Clive actually ran him in the super sprint at Newbury as well. So he's no short of short speed, this horse, get it. And so he would be an interesting horse to take from it. And he's come back this season with a win, um, albeit in a quite least in a small run affair, but he's he's shown he's back to winning ways. Um, I thought. If Michael Appleby sells Warrior Brave, that would be interesting. But he's only he only ran this weekend gone and finished second behind Atalanta's Bay at, uh, at Sandown. So that would be quite a, a quick turnaround if he was to line up in this in this sprint. But he's got some really good form in the book. So if he turns up, definitely shouldn't ignore Warrior Brave. And Michael Appleby does really well with these sorts of sprinters. And he's shown obviously a lot of speed over five furlongs. He's he was a winner at Goodwood on his well, not his last start, but the start before. So second to At- Atlas Bay last last time out at Sandown in the Scurry States. So that was a really good run. Um, he definitely shouldn't be ignored if he turns up. I think um, significantly is an interesting one for Carl Burke as well. That horse has actually just been. Today, I was just watching the golf sale um, that they have the night before Royal Ascot, and he was he was put into that, but I don't think he he got sold in the end. Um, but obviously, connections think a lot about him. He's He's been placed on his last two starts. Um, shows a lot of speed over five furlongs as well as six, so he's incredibly versatile. Um, definitely shouldn't overlook him, but I, I will side with um, Potmaster for the Ed Walker and Tom Marquand team. Currently 16 to 1, but only one firm has been cut to 14s and 11s with the majority. Rory, for you? Uh, open enough contest, there's a few that I'd give chances to, but again, I would echo that Warrior Brave is, is interesting there. I believe it's the intention to run, and I heard um, uh, one of the Dixon boys um, reviewing Sandine and saying that um, he would be, um, he'd be well in. Um, of a mark of 93 based on that. And, and that's definitely true. I thought Atalas Bay was um, was an absolute stone-bonking certainty of the weekend. Um, and of course, he ties in with Winter Park. 
Uh, if Winterpar goes and wins again, then the, you know the collateral form uh, is working out very well there. I know that I was uh, my my mate Mr. Massey had a chat with um, uh, with Chris Dixon about um, not specifically about Warrior Brave, but but a horse that Warrior Brave had beaten um, uh, good good prior to that Cahor, and I, uh, she was quite well beaten in her next start. But um, uh, Dave spoke to to Chris, and his view was that Warrior Brave had tons in hands at Goodwood, and and just sort of dosed and didn't. And didn't show it, or, or the race didn't wasn't really run to to show him off to uh, to best effect. Uh, he still won it, and the handicap only put him up four pounds for that because of the, the small margin. But he showed uh, when getting within three quarters of the length of um, of Atalas Bay at Sandown um, that he's clearly well handicapped. So uh, he'd be interested if he turns up. Don't know what to expect of him in terms of um, of the ground, um, but Twilight Sun is doing very well with his three year olds. He's he's a, a sire worth following. I think a lot of people thought he would do well last year, but um, after a couple of promising runs from his his uh, offspring early last year, it took him a while to uh, to really click after that. But the hit the offspring are um, are progressing very well. They're they're essentially three year olds rather than two year olds, uh, and Warrior Brave is showing that by uh, going from strength to strength this season. So um, he'd be um, uh, almost top of the list there. Um, I think yeah, I think he deserves to be favourite really, uh, based on that. Um, uh, of the others, um, yeah, I wouldn't be. Uh, Potmaster doesn't look entirely straightforward, but Gelding probably helps him, um, and he's got the talent to to win races off a mark of ninety. I thought at, at bigger prices, and I'd want bigger than is currently available at the moment. I think you're getting about sixteens. Um, show along for Tim Easterby um, uh, could run well at a big price. Obviously, Tim won it last year. Uh, show along was a, an impressive winner in soft round at, at Chester two starts back, um, and then ran respectably. Um, uh, more than respectably, to be a, a close fifth at York and uh, next time a much faster ground. But I think he wants it softer. And if it did come out softer in the day, he could outrun his odds. Okay. Best bets for the day four Friday of Royal Ascot. Lucy. Diligent Harry in the Commonwealth Cup. If you're not keen to take him on, I would definitely encourage each way. Rory. Uh, I'm afraid. Um, I also have to go uh, in the Commonwealth Cup with uh, with Swayze. Well, that gives us an exacta. Indeed, it will be a pretty hefty one as well. <laughs> uh, for me, it's Shale. I think she's too big a price. She can bounce back. Uh, I'm keeping the faith with her. Lucy, an absolute pleasure to have you back on the show. Uh, looking forward to your company again. I think it might be Thursday week. Whether or not you knew that is another question. But anyway, it'll be very soon. And looking forward to talking Great. to you about racing again. Um, very, very soon. Enjoy working for William Hill Radio and uh, stay sane for the week. And um, just enjoy it. <laughs> and hopefully, and I'm pretty sure that there will be a lot of um, Lucy Russell Hughes profit by the end of Royal Ascot, particularly on uh, day four. So thank you very much again for your company. Thank you. Yeah, enjoy the week, everybody. Absolutely. Rory Delargy, you hero, sir. Well done. Thank you very much. My pleasure as always. And uh, you can read Rory Delargy's uh, content in The Sporting Life and, of course, Irish Field as well. Uh, that is it for day four for Friday. Enjoy it. Look forward to it. If you're listening to this early in the week, if you're listening to this the night before... Hopefully there's plenty of gravy to be made. Day 5 preview on the way, available on all podcast apps and some rubbish ones as well. From all of us, Lucy, Rory, and me. Thanks for listening. 
Take care. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Think you can't get better value? Think again. 10% bigger dividends when you bet direct with Tote Plus at tote.co.uk. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.